Um, but for Netflix, you know, again, we're mostly focused on how do we do entertainment that you feel like you got to watch and, you know, stay up late at night. doing your own movies for a couple years, you're ramping up now. I read uh, you're going to spend about $400 million on four movies that are coming out this year, okay. give or take. You can never believe what you read. Sometimes. Um, Um, you know, what, what we're really focused on is how do we push the creative boundaries um, and doing shows that uh, bring people together, are exciting, sometimes they polarize people. All right, we're rolling, baby. We are rolling. All right, How Original Podcast. This is season one, episode four. We're going to be talking about Knives Out today. Glass Onion, specifically. Glass onion, a knives out mystery, isn't that a what chives it's out? Yeah, it's That's what it's Christian name is. It's a very long title. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's like when a book has a title and then it's like a novel. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, I can I can see by holding this. Right, right, right. I'm Pat. <laughs> I am George. And it is January sixth, twenty twenty three. This is the first time we've seen each other in the new year. And uh, what is what does the date January sixth mean in your world? <laughs> uh, it what does it mean in my world? It means um, let me just do a like a quick word association with uh, <laughs> January sixth. Shaman, Q, yeah, storming, <laughs> freedom, patriot, storming, Stormy Daniels, perfect storm, Trump, Stormy Daniels, yeah, yeah, um. Yeah, dude. So you weren't on Instagram. Instagram two years ago, people were going buck wild sharing infographics about January sixth. And obviously, like we're anti-storm in oh, the Capitol. Yeah. I should clarify, but everybody thought they were really enacting some sort of change in the world by posting their little stories. <laughs> so yeah, you spare yourself from this by not being on Instagram. But it's like people have just gotten so bad. Yeah, I get secondhand Instagram. Yeah, and it, like from Amanda it, and from you. If anyone ever sees me share an infographic on my personal Instagram, assume I'm like posting it at gunpoint with like a gun at the back of my head because I would never willingly take a stance on anything publicly. You're in a cave with like hands tied yeah. back. Having to post with my nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Let's get into it, man. Yeah, twenty twenty three, baby. Um, Absolutely. What's uh, you know what sort of resolutions have you got in your pocket? You, to... Are you a resolutions type of guy? I'm really not. I mean, I guess to be a better podcaster would be a resolution <laughs> that would make sense. No, I I think I've rarely had success setting like an actual resolution and keeping it versus just like a goal I work towards over a period of time that's not tied to any particular start or end date. Uh -huh um yeah i mean i definitely would like to finish the first draft of the book i'm working on mm -hmm. like i was telling you at dinner uh we're getting smarter about podcasting so now we eat before we record yeah yeah which is super helpful <laughs> hey i don't pot in an empty stomach folks no otherwise i'll spend the final 20 minutes being like i'm so hungry i'm gonna die <laughs> um yeah we're full of fish um, yeah we went to the a sushi place and then i for and i drank like <laughs> 
how many would, cups of tea would you say I drank? Literally, this guy drank five piping hot mugs of coffee. <laughs> like, whenever this server would be anywhere near our table, she would look over and George would be like, Oliver Twist, like, <laughs> please, more porridge. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen anyone drink so much. Like, the tea didn't have a chance to cool no, at all. No. Not at and all. then... <laughs> You came back here and I gave you a coffee before we started recording and that just disappeared as well. Yeah, dude, I've got a white claw <laughs> on the go right now. I'm going to come down later with a kombucha. Dude, it's, I've, I've got a, like a two liter thing of water, thermal flask of water beside me. I've never seen anyone drink so much fluid. <laughs> so much different fluid. You're doing like a power hour. <laughs> I, almost, yeah, I, I, I always tell Amanda, like if there was some sort of competition where like, see how fast you can drink this boiling cup of water dude i feel like i would win i feel like that's my niche honestly we need to find you like a guinness world records type of man (laughs) (laughs) okay but let me rephrase the question in a different way if okay if 2023 is okay what what kanye album would you say 2022 Mm. was for you and which kanye album do you want 2023 to be interesting I mean, I want 2023 to be like uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Okay, everyone, I think. Everybody does. Like a like a modern classic. Yes. Um, like a synthesis of all these different influences. Um, what was 2022? Ooh, I feel like it wasn't one of the better ones, to be honest. It was maybe like a life of Pablo, where it's like oh, yeah. divisive. Like, you know, there's some good stuff there, but it maybe hasn't been quite polished enough. Right, right, right. And it feels a little incoherent and messy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I flip that question on you? Um, yeah. I mean, we all want, we all want a beautiful dark twist fantasy. Or like a college dropout yeah. or, yeah. yeah. I would say, um, I think last year was like an 808s and heartbreak for me. Mm. I think it was like, I was trying some new shit. Um, I was getting into my writing bag quite heavy. Um, well... Yeah, is that the best analogy? Yeah, on some like innovative shit, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Are you are you about to have a Jesus year? <laughs> Cuz that would be a crazy year. <laughs> I might just have a Jesus year. We'll see. <laughs> Jesus may just rise again. Well, it sounds I was going to say Segwayne, uh you told me a little bit about your New Year's Eve and I feel like it was a a hold my liquor type <laughs> New Year's Eve. <laughs> because if I'm understanding correctly, you're con- bound to <laughs> for sure. Well, it sounds like your conduct was such that a couple days later, your friend was like, I want you to read Jordan B. Peterson's The 12 Rules of Life. Yes. So like your friend was trying to rein you in, it sounds like. <laughs> Which I actually, I think instead of reading the 12 rules, you should read the 48 laws of power. <laughs> laws are better than rules, and there are more of them. Is that, who is that by? Uh, Robert B. Green, I think. All of his books are about, like, war and, like, conquering your enemies. Dude, if you don't have a middle initial, you're, you ain't shit in, like, the academic world. No, you, you need that middle initial to prop you up. Yeah. I was going to say, I remember I found 48 Laws of Power as an audiobook read by him on Spotify. Yeah. And it was, like, a 12-hour thing. <laughs> and I would just, like, go to the gym over a period of a couple of weeks and, like, lift weights and listen to the 48 Laws of Power. <laughs> that sounds about right. Do you think, dude, uh, I don't think any rappers have ever had a middle initial. A rapper one time should just have a middle initial. Like, middle Kanye initial. J. West. Kanye J. West would be, huh. would be powerful. I mean, none pop to mind. Again, I'm sure there's somebody listening to this who's like <laughs> screaming at the audio right now, being like, um, actually. <laughs> Wait, doesn't Lil Wayne rap a lot about what the F in his name stands for? Like oh, Wheezy F Baby, like, and then says it's like different stuff in different songs. Right. But that's not really part of 
There's no way his actual stage name. Yeah, there's no way his actual middle name is Asco. I feel like, right? <laughs> well, no, it would probably be a full name. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, tell me about your New Year's event. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, my this is premeditated too. I on completely sober. I bought a pack of twenty cigs Hell on yeah. my way to like our New Year's get together. We were at my buddy's house, and then we were gonna go to Craft uh, English Bay, and I was like, uh, I bought twenty cigs. And then when I, when we all finally got to craft, I was drunk enough uh, on White Claws to be like, dude, I think Surge gonna... or regular? Uh, regular. Okay, regular. good. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Um, I, I was like, dude, I think I'm going to smoke all 20 of these tonight. <laughs> and I was trying to enlist all yeah. of my friends to help me. <laughs> hey, I like that your goal was like smart, like specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and like time sensitive or whatever. <laughs> whatever that acronym is. I think your goal... I'm going to smoke 20 cigarettes tonight. Yes. It meets all the criteria. Go on. <laughs> and so I was, I was like enlisting all of my, as soon as like new people walked in, because like my friends were arriving at different times, I would like, uh, I wouldn't even say hi. I would just tuck a cigarette behind their ear. <laughs> and, like you were the fucking greasers and the outsiders. <laughs> and then at one point, my buddy Joe guy rolled up and uh, we were at the bar together. He was like, who put the cigarette in my ear? We're just standing beside each other. You're side. like, hmm, there's no way to know. <laughs> You'll just have to smoke it. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, I was, um, uh, yeah, I, I just kept inviting people <laughs> at various <laughs> points to go outside with me to smoke. I was yelling French at this guy who spoke French and like who I just met, dude, I was annoying the shit out of him. With, like, <laughs> French people love it when you yell at them. Dude, I was yelling Actually, French. most people love it when you meet them and immediately start yelling at them. He was trying so hard to switch it to English. I was like speaking my terrible <laughs> French immersion French that I still cling to people bit. are trying to intervene and you're like holding up your teacher badge you're like get back i can do this <laughs> one... take your hands off me uh, at one point my buddy came to smoke outside with me and uh, uh try and make a dent in my pack and uh <laughs> he doesn't smoke at all <laughs> i'll keep his name redacted yeah um he's the one who gave me the jordan b peterson book um, <laughs> oh another wrinkle here okay yeah so yeah uh he i hand him a cig he like <laughs> he lights the wrong end uh then he drops the cig uh picks it up uh proceeds to still put the wrong end into his mouth like burns his lip his, his sober girlfriend is watching all of this happen from the sidelines. Super impressed. Women love that kind of stuff. <laughs> I can tell she's like seen the future with this guy at the moment. <laughs> it was so funny, dude. Um, later on, we all like went to the to English Bay, like on the beach. It felt like Vietnam or something. It was like, yeah. like not like the war, but like the country. Like, like, <laughs> it wasn't my own personal Vietnam. It was a geopolitical conflict. <laughs> It was. It just felt like like one of those like uh, beach clubs in Vietnam mm, or, or in Southeast gotcha, Asia. Gotcha. Yeah, everybody's outside, right? All drunk. Um, it was sick, dude. It was awesome. That was nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was gonna say my New Year's was totally very different than yours. So my parents were in town, and we went for a quiet, calm, lovely dinner down at the Seaside Hotel. So we went to Provisions, the restaurant there. Yeah. And they had a bit of a different menu where it was like a lot of small plates. Yeah. So we got, you know, various things like scallops ceviche or mussels, um, fried chicken. But I got something that proved to be very controversial. I'm like, I really want to try the sardines on toast. So I ordered that Ooh. and I posted a picture on my Instagram. They're like, four people who messaged me being like that's disgusting <laughs> that's a little wild i'm not gonna lie it so 
I wish it, maybe I did was save the s- picture. Sorry. So ahead. it was like these tiny little pieces of toast just with a single oh. a single dean on each piece okay. and like some sauce. And it was just like like that melt in your mouth consistency where it's like you barely needed to chew it. That makes more sense. I was imagining just like a piece of whole bread. <laughs> just with little fish <laughs> smacked onto yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, this and you can tell it's like a bit of an elevated restaurant because like everything is so small and like picturesque. Um, this is but like I'm when I go to high tea and you get the three tier thing. Dude, I'm a big high tea yeah. type of guy. I was gonna say you would have liked a dessert because we got a creme brulee and a chocolate mousse, and they both came on the same plate, and it had those like you know the artistic swirls of like a berry sauce where yes. it's like they did little little dabs of it all around. Nice, you're yeah. Doing, you're doing dabs. I, I was dabbing pretty hard. <laughs> And uh, dabbing, dabbing deans. <laughs> I was gonna say we came back from dinner and watched like two or three episodes of Yellowstone, mm. <laughs> and then that was that was the whole night. <laughs> it was dope. <laughs> Season five of Yellowstone is very dumb. Um, I think twenty twenty three is the year I get a twenty. I get a twenty three and me done. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, twenty huh. twenty three and me, baby. Right. You're legally mandated by the time the year is over. I'm going to find out if I can take off the visible minority checkbox right. job applications. I mean, that's kind of like the fantasy, right? I'll, yeah. I'll, I think a lot of people take the test wanting to be like, I think I'm secretly something I never would have known, but now I can like center my identity around it. Yeah. I never want to take a 23 me. <laughs> no. I have like no lingering questions. Like I don't really care. I don't want my data out there. Yeah. No, I I don't want to be caught in like 60 years for uh, the crimes that I've committed because I did this 23 and me. I was going to say, what serial killer a couple of years Golden ago? State. Yeah, Golden yeah. Golden State. Yeah. That's why. I don't want to go down yeah. with the Golden State killer, man. <laughs> well, I think so far you're on the right path to Thanks. not have that happen. I guess just like don't be a prolific killer. And I think he raped a lot. Yeah. Just don't do all that stuff. And you'll probably be fine. Okay. okay. <laughs> Ah oh, man, it uh, it feels good to podcast though. Like I will say, all day at work, I was thinking about this, and like I was thinking about this as well. When I put on my clothes, it's like my Clark Kent disguise. You know, I'm going out into the world. I'm this mild mannered Vancouver marketing person. You know, I'm in my Lululemon, my Blundstones. Mm. Nobody suspects anything. But at night, I have this secret life, <laughs> and I'm I'm saving people. I'm a hero. <laughs> <laughs> you are a bit of a messiah figure <laughs> i'd like to think so yeah well um speaking of this podcast i was looking at the analytics on anchor because you can see like the regions people live in and that they listen from unsurprisingly we're skewing about four-fifths male at this point so mm-hmm. we really need more female listeners but we skew mostly canadian a little bit british and then we have like a I think it's literally just one person who lives in Luxembourg and has listened. So we've become fascinated with the idea of like, who is our Luxembourg listener? The Luxembourg listener. Yeah. It sounds like, like a criminal almost. <laughs> and we've been sending back and forth pictures of like what we think they look like. And I sent George a picture of like the hooded killer in the movie, the town that dreaded sundown. <laughs> Maybe I'll post a picture on the Instagram. <laughs> I showed you a picture of like the, the, the killer in uh, True Detective season one. <laughs> Where he's like walking around mostly naked outside with on like, the property. With like body tats and like yeah. a gas mask. <laughs> so like if you are in Luxembourg and you're listening, I'm imploring you. Write us an email, howoriginalpod at gmail.com. Tell us why you're listening. 
tell us what the scene's like in Luxembourg. What kind of pods do people like? And if you're Jacob Elordi, who's using a VPN, <laughs> Elord- don't be shy. Just write in. If you're Joey King, if you're Jacob Elordi, you know, drop by the studio. Yeah. If you're Elord, if you're our Elord and Savior, <laughs> and you heard that we were using your name in vain, and yeah. you wanted to listen, and so you used a VPN to pretend like you're in Luxembourg because you didn't want us to track you. <laughs> Top secret. Secrets out, dude. Secrets out. <laughs> so when we were texting about Luxembourg, you did a very funny Google search that yeah. I want you to bring up. Okay, I wanted to bring this to the pod. So I, uh, I was, yeah, as we were talking about the Luxembourg listener, um, <laughs> the LL, I, I, I had, I was wondering, like, do they have? Does Luxembourg have a bespoke Netflix? Because you mm. know, because uh, Canada has like Canada Netflix. You know, every country has their own Netflix. So, um. Uh, Luxembourg does have its own Netflix, and um, uh, I found a article from PC Mag that I wanted to talk about a little <laughs> bit with you. So I googled which country has the best Netflix, um, <laughs> and my response to that is best by what metric? So this is interesting. The answer will surprise you. So is it just which, sheer volume of titles that it has? That's a great question. So there's different ways of measuring it. Of course. Yes, you can measure it by sheer volume of titles. And so this is the most reliable article I found answering this question. So this it's a little dated because it's 20, I think it's late 2021. This was written. Um, so I think the numbers have skewed a little <laughs> bit. December 23rd, 2021. Um, Jason Cohen, thank you. Um, thank you for your service. Thank I, him. I, uh, it says here that the US has the most titles overall, which is about 5,879 movies. Um, Canada, oh, sorry movies and shows mm. canada actually has the biggest catalog of movies really yes this is interesting huh. uh the biggest library of films um now another way to measure it is the average imdb rating <laughs> okay <laughs> which is interesting now we're getting into it yeah um the u.s and canada actually although they have the most titles have the joint lowest average imdb rating which is 6.95 while huh. Azerbaijan, Portugal, Georgia, Ukraine, and Russia are tied for the top spot with a rating of 7.13. Okay, and to make the question even more complicated, this might be a dumb question. Does each country have its own IMDb that they're pulling scores from, or it's just one international? I think it's, is it the International Movie Database? I thought it was Internet Movie Database. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, that's probably right. <laughs> it's like an official, like the UN logo on the floor, like, international movie database <laughs> NATO's involved. um yeah the just... kissing booth is considered a war crime <laughs> it's a crime against humanity so i think yes it, it's... okay so everyone has the same imdb, it's the same IMDb. gotcha yeah, so we're on that's the, like we're on in, the level there that's an interesting way of trying to quantify there's a third way um do tell prestige catalog so oh. south korea has 109 oscar-winning films Mm. and 35 emmy winning shows which makes it the highest prestige um of a netflix catalog which is interesting too. right yeah so i guess depending on how you ascribe value to like imdb community or like the bodies are giving awards uh you could kind of come up with your own your own best yes yeah (laughs) that's such a funny question to google But dude, if you were choosing a VPN, because, you know, people can do the mm, VPN thing, right? Right. So it's like, which country would you VPN? 
Um, True. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking of that because I've never had a VPN. But yeah, if you're just trying to like drop into a nation to uh, get access to the Netflix. Yeah. I feel like Azerbaijan's a good one. That's a top spot. 7.13 IMDb rating. Let's go. And what, sorry, what were you saying Canada's was? It was super low. Canada's 6.95. Oh, so there's actually, okay, so there's less of a, there's more parity between best and worst than I would have assumed. Yeah, yeah. But best movie catalog in Canada. I think we're in a good place. Well, I mean, at this point, we're kind of stuck here. (laughs) So (laughs) what if we move to a different country (laughs) just for the pod? Just to set up a studio. Just for pod content. Studio space in Azerbaijan (laughs) is actually very affordable. Because you have better content. um oh i was gonna say i want to make a quick note so we are going to change the format a tiny bit in that we've actually found that a lot of people want to watch the movie in advance of each podcast they like to study up right whereas we're psychos and we're like oh we've listened to a ton of movie pods never having seen the movie but basically each week we're going to announce the following week's pick to give people lots of lead time rather than just like Maybe people catch the Instagram story I do the night before at like 11 p.m. Um, so next week we'll be doing Triple Frontier. Perfect. Yeah, Knives Out this week, Triple Frontier next week. I think usually we'll do that at the end of the podcast, but I just wanted to do it kind of at the top in case I in case I forgot. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. One last thing about pod business, just some little housekeeping. Uh, well, you were on the drive over, actually. I got a call from our manager. Well, I didn't pick it up. It went oh. to voicemail. Oh. Uh, I think we should... I mean, I wish I would have been there, but okay. Well, oh, you I... got a voice. Oh, voice. Yeah, voice. yeah. So I, I've listened to it. I think I think you should hear it as well. Okay, great. Here, just let me... Uh, we'll try to play it on pod for you guys. Because we're all about transparency. So, you know. Yeah. Hey guys, Garth here. Uh, finally had time to listen to the podcast. Um, great stuff. I mean, you know, good good stuff. Uh, off the bat, um, loving the run times. I think you could probably even go a little bit longer. I mean, just looking, you know, taking back to, you know, a Netflix example. I mean, they, they let uh, old man Scorsese make the Irishman eight hours, you know? It, it, explore the space is what I'm saying. Um, in terms of other feedback, you know, not necessarily, you know, criticism or anything, but, but really just feedback. Uh, I do have some notes here that, uh, that, you know, I wrote down, just taking a look. Um, yeah, right. So off the bat, I mean, stuff like lab leak, you know, that, that's just really going to attract the wrong type of audience here. And, and that's just from our experience doing this for a number of years. You know, once you get that audience, it's, it's hard to get rid of. Let, let me tell you. Uh, so no lab leak stuff, no Hunter Biden laptop stuff, red pill stuff. Um, just checking the list here. Right. Mr. Skin. I mean, what we're looking for, and I think what we've discussed in the past is just a good, clean podcast. You know, um, the idea is great. Just needs a little bit of polishing. Uh, we're really not looking to, you know, cramp your creativity or anything. But in the future, you really do need to, to cut that stuff out. Uh, you know, just really being careful about staying on topic, sticking to the Netflix originals, because uh, you're going to make my life, you know, a little bit harder, my, my job harder. Cool. Um, so really excited to see where this is going. Also, Pat, if you could give me a call pretty much as soon as you can, uh, there is a situation I want to talk to you about. Okay, bye. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, are we in trouble? I, I mean, I don't think so. I are you? In we'll we'll talk off mic. I kind of have an inkling of an idea what this situation might be, but you know, it sounds like you know we won't lean too heavily into like fringe talking points or whatever, and we should be good. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
Mistress, I, I don't know about Mistress. Do you think we can? The I mean, skin? I mean, we can cut out Mistress skin. I think we, we can try that. Oh, I thought that out. was like the least problematic of the things you mentioned. <laughs> I was like, we'll be fine as long as we just talk about Mistress skin. Well, we'll we'll talk off mic. We'll strategize. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Garth, we promise no more skin talk. Garth, I'm I'm gonna call Garth as soon as we're done recording. Yeah. But now I'm in a flow state. You know, I can't interrupt. <laughs> so <laughs> the process. All right, so let's uh, Thanks, we'll take. Garth. Thank you, Garth. Thank you, Garth. We'll take a super quick break and then we'll launch into Knives Out. Let's do it. All right, we're back, folks. George only had six more mugs of tea during that intermission. <laughs> Dude, you will never guess how much how many teas I had during Knives Out <laughs> while watching Knives Out. 20 was it double digits uh no i didn't get into the doubles i so i had three cups of tea okay i had two um i think i had two left over from christmas so i had two like pumpkin spice or gingerbread spice type teas and then i had one that was a chamomile here's my i have many anti-christmas takes but one of them is that like the christmas flavors of tea you get bullshit just give me real tea you know <laughs> stick with the staples <laughs> No comment. <laughs> yeah, you love that, don't you? <laughs> so, Knives Out, Glass Onion. So, I want to confess, I've still not seen the original Knives Out. Okay. But Ryan Johnson has very much said on record, like, they're not intended to be sequels. Each adventure or, like, mystery is its own You're thing. Fine. There was, like, one callback. Yeah. So, one question I had. I know where it was. I guess I'll just have to watch <laughs> Knives Out. So one question I had pretty quickly into the movie, which I'm like, maybe I missed this in the first Knives Out. Our protagonist, Benoit Blanc, he's gay. (laughs) So then that inspired, this is what we'll talk about first. So that inspired my search, is Benoit Blanc gay? And of course, if I had just kept watching the movie, it would have been basically confirmed. However, a lot of people have taken to the internet to ask Ryan Johnson, the writer and director, like, what's up with Benoit Blanc? And then he said, like, Yes, this character is certainly gay, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> it's so funny to imagine somebody watching the movie and being like, it was too ambiguous. <laughs> I need to ask, I need to ask the creator what to think. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> so I think I know why people are asking though, actually thinking about it now, because this wasn't at all addressed in Knives Out, mm. like no indication whatsoever. Right. And, um, and yeah, when you, so when you texted me that, <laughs> that you were like Googling this, yeah. like, and then I watched the movie, I was like, that makes no sense. He's clearly gay, dude. Um, <laughs> what, what was it? You were leaving the voice. I was being like, he lives with a dude. dude he <laughs> lives with a dude. Yeah. Um, Hugh Grant. He lives yeah. with Hugh Grant. And uh, <laughs> the first scene we see of him is like him taking a bath midday. You all know how I feel about that. Um, in a hat, playing Among Us with his like family. Um, as uh, anyway, so he lives, dude, uh, with a dude. Well, even in that first scene, we hear an off-screen voice of Hugh Grant, who is later revealed in a flashback. Yeah. But it's like, like I guess I could have gone even further to like. Hugh Grant and Daniel Craig smooch, but it's like you're given all the information you need. Why are you tweeting the director of the movie, who I will say loves tweeting back and forth with his fans? One of the ways Ryan Johnson and I do not see eye to eye, because if I were a movie director, I would not be entertaining all this nonsense from the audience. Although you did just like try to engage in direct contact with the Luxembourg listener. 
Well, that's different. I'm I'm trying to activate an asset. This is one specific person. <laughs> Big L. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Ryan Johnson, I think he did a good job directing this movie. I can't say I think he's like a cool artistic voice at all. He just loves tweeting back and forth. Like people got it into their heads that there should be like a Knives Out slash Muppets crossover. And uh, I think I have the article here. Uh, it, he says, it's a joke that I thought was pretty brilliant. And I ended up really giving it some serious thought. <laughs> and then he eventually kind of like backs out of it. It's like, you don't have to dignify every fan theory or yeah, <laughs> tangent. <laughs> you really don't. Right. I mean, which is strange because he like, people really criticize him for like doing his own thing in star Wars. And I imagine mm. like he was getting tweets for like suggestions, like crazy. Oh, star Wars fans are insane on Twitter. Dude. Yeah. I, I loved his star Wars. That's a hot take. Cause I think people hated it, but I fucking loved his star. Wait, Wars. Which... You, you fuck with star Wars or what? Or what? I'm what's, <laughs> what's the one where Adam driver has the pair of pants, like hiked up to his nipples. <laughs> that became the meme image. That's the latest one I saw. That was a, an RJ joint, right? Uh, that may have been the one before. RJ. Oh, because this was like six years ago. That probably. is an RJ decision, though. Yeah. You know what? It may have been the RJ. <laughs> the pants were so high. <laughs> and then you get like the Photoshop versions where it's like the torso is even smaller and the legs have been made longer. But it's, it's one of those clever Photoshops where you can't quite tell at first. <laughs> like it just hovers on the edge of believability. Um. So. Uh, but yeah. yeah I, Sorry, I was just going to, to tack on to that discussion. It is interesting, though, when the creator of a work says outside of the work, like, here's the version of what happened. And it's like, well, I as a fan, I think I just make my own conclusion about what's what I've been shown. You do your own research. Sorry, yeah, Garth. like, Sorry, Garth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, Garth. We're still going to do some research. Wink. Uh, but like a famous example would be like, what happened to Tony Soprano at the end of The Sopranos? And people have been hounding David Chase, the showrunner, for years and years. And I think initially he was more cagey, but recently has kind of said like, yes, it's meant to be like Tony dies at the end. Right. Like the cut to black. But, you know, I've always been a, a Tony dies at the end uh, loyalist, uh -huh. if you will. Uh -huh. But even if David Chase came out and said, you know what, that's all wrong. He's meant to live at the end. That's the interpretation. It's like, well, no, I make up my own mind based on what I've been presented. Like I, yeah. Like if you're truly convinced against all reason that uh, Benny Blanc, the world's zestiest detective, is actually heterosexual, hey, you can keep believing that. You don't have to listen to Ryan Johnson say like, no, he's definitely gay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can it, come to your own insane, but your own conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> Trump won the election. Yes. Blanc <laughs> is straight, etc., etc. Et Nobody et cetera. should have been jailed for January sixth. <laughs> Two years ago today. Dude. Um, yeah. So I, I think the most famous example of that is like uh, J.K. Rowling. Um, mm -hmm. And how she just fucking out of nowhere was like, yeah, Dumbledore is gay, by the way. It's yeah. Like, did anything prompt that? <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure. I, 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 I'm really not up on my Harry Potter lore. I'm not sure if anything prompted it, but it's like just never relevant in the book so it's like right <laughs> yeah no i i totally agree with you i'm 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 uh i subscribe to the david lynch kind of view of this and his view is like i'm not gonna say anything about about the movie it's like it's <laughs> you know the eye of the beholder type of shit and which that's way better that's which so i better. really respect and it is yeah. very funny that like obviously some david lynch movies are 
almost a canvas on which you can project so many different meanings. But then something like this, it's all but spelled out in glowing neon letters. Yes, Benoit Blanc is gay. And people are like, but is he though? I need to know for sure. It's like, turn your brain on. (laughs) It is an interesting thing, right? I think it's like a control thing almost, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, I think certain uh, art, you know, artists uh, feel this like sense of their art is getting out of their control Mm. at a certain point when fans start to take shit too you know, yeah. start to have too many of their own sort of theories. And well, stuff. let's hope that never happens to us. Oh gosh. I'm sure people will be reasonable with this podcast. <laughs> You're going to assume the best. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Luxembourg culture is different than here, but <laughs> LL cool. <laughs> LL cool J. Cool guy. You know what that stands for, right? LL Ladies cool love cool James. Love yeah. Cool James. That's insane. Oh no, wasn't it lady? Oh no. Yeah. 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 When I learned that, I was like, Jeez. mind blown. You're like, fuck that's stupid <laughs> i was like crab swirling them. i'm like wait that's really dumb yeah <laughs> it was better not knowing it totally did that's the thing wait dude. the brand ll he shouldn't have told us because we could have imprinted our own <laughs> yeah audience interpretation i'm of just the name. i'm just thinking now what does the brand ll bean stand for oh if ladies anything. love bean. <laughs> ladies love cool bean ll cool bean. bean founded in 1912 by leon leonwood bean no holy shit Leon Leon wouldn't be breaking this on pod. Wow, that's a powerful name. That's an incredible name. Shouts out to him, (laughs) dude. You have to be so powerful. Like, like, uh, who's that writer? Like, uh, Ford Maddox Ford. You know that writer? (laughs) No, I don't, but that name rocks as well. Yeah, (laughs) that sounds like a very right wing name. Actually, I think he's super like communist type of guy. Oh, interesting. But um, okay. Um, let's get into. Anyway, it. getting back to Knives Out, yeah. And I can't stop calling it Chives Out. By the way, someone on Letterbox said Chives Out, and uh, yeah, that's. I, that's I was wondering if you're gonna try to take credit for that joke that like a thousand people have posted on Letterbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it's like it, it's so dumb now, but it's like I can't get it out. Oh, I was gonna it, say it I I have a few good. Uh, we'll head to the brain trust for the letterbox. I have a few good reviews written by people I actually know. Oh, are we starting with reviews? Let's do it. I think we will. Okay. I haven't decided whether the segment sits at the at the front or the back. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm part of the decision making too. Well, podcasting is a flat circle. I don't know. I should we do it right now? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it right now. Let's okay, right so now. my buddy. I'm, I'm just saying, we're both hosts. Yeah. <laughs> One wheel, two guys. Uh, Garth, my... I will never talk about Mr. Skin again. <laughs> Garth, no promises. Um, my buddy Scott, uh, a three and a half star review. Not only did my dad fall asleep, he did it sitting up in a chair this year. <laughs> Which is so funny because can you just imagine every dad in the world falling asleep at some point during this movie? <laughs> like what happened huh also it is again i know i'm bemoaning the runtime it is kind of long i would have liked to see it sitting at about two hours ten minutes sure so yeah i i and also i know the dad in question so it's just so funny to imagine him like falling asleep and then waking up at the end and being like what happened i, I also whenever we talk about runtime of movies i i also always think about our own runtime <laughs> yeah and so one I, one might say i'm being a little hypocritical there when we have a 62 second intro and these things are like an hour and a half long so you know nobody's perfect uh here's one i found four and a half stars i want benoit blanc to split me down the middle whoa uh, who who posted that one uh, <laughs> was that your reveal vitor <laughs> Vitor. Yeah. 
uh, my buddy Nick, shouts out to him. He also uses a picture on Letterboxd where it's me wearing a top hat looking through binoculars at night. It's a very weird picture. So I see it and I'm like, who is this? Oh, it's Nick. Uh, he gave it two and a half stars. Oh. Another bl- another bland, Twitter-plagued COVID movie. Another one? Another yeah. Another one? I, I should ask him about that. What's the other one? I don't know. I don't know. Sounds like you saw lots of bland, <laughs> Twitter-plagued COVID movies. Um, another one from someone someone I don't know named Holly. Three and a half stars. The B in LGBT stands for Benoit Blanc. I saw that one. That's <laughs> Which is not like the best joke ever, but it's it's like you chuckle at it. Uh, casting four four stars from Matthew with one T. Um, casting call for this movie be like milfs and dilfs only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is like a pretty good looking like older cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy Renner has more in, more of an impact in this movie than any of the Avengers movies. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen the Avengers movies to know, but his hot sauce did get shouted out several times. Yes, it did. Um, In addition to Jared Leto's... Yeah. Yeah, what happened to him on that snowmobile? Yeah. He was trying to, like, stunts or something? (laughs) No, he got hit by a snowplow, dude. Wait, what? Yeah. What the fuck? Dude, he went mano a mano with snowplow. How do you... Like, was was he driving? The landmark case of Renner v. Snowplow. He was, I'm unclear as to whether he was in the driver's seat or not, whether he was. He shares first video update following the Snowplow incident. What the fuck happened here? He got plowed, man. His chest, quote unquote, collapsed after he was, quote unquote, crushed by a 14,000 pound Snowplow 911 call reveal. Okay, we're going to have to do our own research on this later. I'm going to get too pulled into this. I hope he gets well. I was going to say, so a lot of like shout outs and like little cameos in this movie. So Jeremy Renner's hot sauce is shouted out as well as a fictional hard kombucha by Jared Leto, oh, which I thought was an interesting choice because Jared Leto is not a woke figure to invoke. In fact, there are numerous very credible allegations of rape and grooming and like starting cults with underage girls so it's like what was neil lib ryan johnson thinking when he's like ah, i would be quirky to mention jared leto like was this movie written before the allegations Cause, well because it was a 2020 movie right? so yeah i think the bulk of it was written in 2020 but it's like that's such a non-important part of the story that they could have changed it to like any throwaway right. celebrity comment and i wondered is this like, did Jared Leto's PR camp campaign to get his name mentioned in the movie as part of, like, a PR kind of whitewash in, like, oh, he's just quirky and strange. Don't think about all the rape. He's fun. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, it just kind of jarred me. I'm like, why the fuck are we talking about Jared Leto right now? Right, right, right. That being said, I am kind of an apologist. So, you know, Jared Leto's banned 30 Seconds to Mars. <laughs> He's banned 30 Hit seconds. Banned? Oh. Like, musical banned. Oh, I'm yes. sure he's banned from some places, too. <laughs> yeah, this was, like, earlier in the 2000s. Yes. They have that song, The Kill. That song goes so hard. I Yeah, I, I, I tried listening to them a couple of times, and, like, I just... I it, Nothing's really, like, jumped out at me. Like, I haven't really connected with any other shit very much. But, uh, uh, yeah, no. I, it, I don't know. It was a weird mention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great name, though. 
Jared Leto. A great era of band names. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 30 Seconds of Mars. Like the long, like, like it's a sentence. Panic at the Disco. Like it's a full sentence. Yeah. What's like another long band name? My Chemical Romance. My Chemical Romance. Yeah. What's the album by MCR where it's like the man and woman like splattered in blood? Bullet. Uh, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Yes. Yeah. I believe so. That one rocked. Or Bullets for My Valentine, I think is another one. We yeah, should just yeah. we should just start playing full songs on these episodes and get banned off anchor like your buddy did. <laughs> Dude, Garth's gonna hate us. <laughs> yeah, that's just a joke, Garth. We're not gonna do that. <laughs> um okay, so there's yeah, there's a few celebrity shout-outs here. There's a few um celebrity parallels in this movie as well. So Ed- yes. so Edward Norton's character is this sort of eccentric billionaire tech billionaire billionaire, (laughs) white tech billionaire who most people i think like correctly assume was like a parody of elon musk yes so yeah even though apparently most of this was written in 2020 before elon's kind of ill-advised well seemingly ill-advised twitter takeover a lot of people now are drawing parallels and i've also seen people i would say reach a little too far to draw parallels between the character dave batista plays like the men's rights influencer by the name of duke cody which Mm. is a great name they're like oh this is meant to be like an andrew tate character which i i disagree with i think there's a lot of differences i saw some takes that it's joe rogan as well i could see more of joe rogan more of like a like a liver king type like the having guns all the time is very like dan bilzerian um yeah This is all research I've done into uh, various red pill figures. Not saying I necessarily condone any of them. Yeah, you're not just getting this off off the dome. No, no. I've taken extensive notes that I'm relying upon. (laughs) I've never clicked on any clips of Joe Rogan. (laughs) Toe Rogan, as some have called him. (laughs) Moving on. Um, So uh, this is a movie that... Makes a strong choice in having the movie set during like peak COVID, right? Yes, because um, what's the timestamp we're given? It's like March or April 2020. It's very early yes. COVID. Yes, which I think, I think we're probably in alignment about this. I don't want to see COVID in movies. Like I'm so uninterested in that. And this movie is supposed to be a fun romp that's like escapist and like, why are you showing me what was a pretty dark time for everyone? Right? Okay, but hear me out. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like Don't Look Up was almost trying to be this cathartic thing of, like, let's look at the world today and everything that's wrong with the world today. And let's, like, it, it's so, it, it, it tried to be so contemporary, I feel like. Yes. Like, in terms of the conversation about climate change <laughs> and, like, these parallels about, like, the news media and, 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 things and things like that um yeah sorry to interject but i was gonna say i guess you could interpret don't look up as literally about climate change or as kind of a an extended metaphor for things like covid where it's like oh people who are ignoring the science in their faces are endangering everyone right which is like a very relevant and contemporary conversation today and i feel like this movie was trying to do the same thing like glass onion like it was trying to be like hyper relevant like almost hyper but like today i would argue it like that i kind of like that it was so like it feels like right now i feel like no other movie has really done that it's like you can depict a movie in the modern Mm. time period but it's like 
this it's like COVID. It's like we we all just went through it. It's like this is so relatable. I feel like it's cathartic in that way to me. So it's almost like wow, somebody is showing. I feel like someone just had to do. Is my take, and it was. I feel like it was kind of cathartic. I respect your take. I disagree completely. <laughs> I would say this movie missed the mark by a good year and a half. And at this mm. point, like, I don't know. I just didn't feel like it added any value to the movie. And it just, for a movie that's supposed to be like a lighthearted, you know, kind of caper, if you will, it just reminded me of a time that was pretty miserable. And I don't feel like it really had much substantial to say about the time. See, I get your take as well. I get that. Especially since like yeah. the narrative quickly explained away all the COVID stuff. So it's like, why did we even bother? True, true. We're like we're <laughs> like a half hour into the movie. Let's, let's take yeah, the they get the mystery off. injection. Yeah. Here's my take though. I think we're far, your take that we're too mm. far from it. I feel like we're far enough away mm. from it. That so now maybe now we, we can, can address it. We can address it. Yeah. Mm. And kind of get that, you know, that cathartic. Mm. Like, this is what we just went through. So I kind of liked it in that way. And I think it made up, like it didn't feel depressing. Like, I don't know, like the mood wasn't depressing because of COVID. Like it, it was, it was this bright, like really sharply edited, um, super like punchy movie, like funny, like it never felt hindered by like this shadow of COVID. Mm. So to me, it wasn't really an issue. And, and, and I got things for, yeah, I, I just saw it as this kind of, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it worked. Yeah. Well, I thought that occurred to me. So we have uh, Benny Blanc sitting in his bath being like, oh, there are no mysteries for me to investigate. I'm so depressed and like at a loss. What mysterious things were going on in early COVID? What I'm getting at here is he should have investigated how the novel coronavirus originated. Dude. That would be a good mystery for Benny Blanc. Holy shit. <laughs> Nines out three, Benny Blanc in Wuhan. Yeah. Hey, Fauci has said that he's... Com- "Quote unquote," completely open-minded to the lab leak. I know uh, the schmab schmink. Um, you know, just saying. The LL. The, the LL. <laughs> yeah. Wait. LL is like everything that's forbidden. <laughs> no, but that was my thought as soon as he's introduced in the tub. Like, hmm, what could you be investigating? But also, it's like how many. That also made me think, how many... Hunter Biden laptop <laughs> period, buddy. But like, okay, say you're Benoit Blanc, even outside the pandemic, how many cases are you really getting per week? Like, you can't really take on that much work. Like, a Benny Blanc case only pops up every now and then. Presumably, he's had idle periods before, right? Totally. Well, yeah. I, I think the idea was that we're all <laughs> bored, we're all stuck inside of right. COVID. So it's like, maybe he could, I guess he could have been getting more cases, but it's just there's nothing happening mm. in the world. People aren't killing each other no more because right. uh, fucking because uh, of COVID. Right. I was also going to say so he's playing Among Us, which is a game that surged in popularity uh, during COVID. So I, I really wanted your take on this. Did you think it was cringe? I thought it was very cringe, but I also noticed in the script it's not explicitly named Among Us. It's just like they they are playing a video game, and then from the text, it's obvious that it will be Among Us. So I wondered like. Was it a last minute thing where they decided to use the real game? Were they at one point going to like not use the real game? Or is it because RJ is a writer and director where it's like he doesn't even need to say that explicitly in the script. He's like, I just know in my head that this is what we're going to do. It's the only game he knows. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> the again. Most dangerous game. <laughs> so I thought it was a funny detail that like Benoit Blanc is this brilliant genius, but he's like not good at this very simple game. But it was charming, yeah. I do feel like it's kind of a dated reference already. <laughs> yes, uh, I agree. I thought it was a little bit cringe. It felt like something, I don't know if RJ has kids, Ryan Johnson, mm. but 
it felt like something that he like put in for for his kids or something you know what i mean like well i i think rj is very malleable like he's seriously considering doing muppets like (laughs) this guy needs to uh stop being swayed by the masses (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so there's all these contemporary references so let's get into the plot a little bit so Mm -hmm. the setup is uh so this elon musk type of dude edward norton this like complicated genius tech genius invites um this hodgepodge of people onto his island who we find out later actually he's known for a long time so these are all sort of people that are uh invested in his tech company in some uh tangential way Mm -hmm. so uh he invites this like um really problematic uh uh i guess she's a um who like uh uh she makes sweatpants. Oh, I guess, right? yeah. And she, had the tweet about like sweatshops or something and didn't understand. She's like, oh, I thought it was where they make sweatpants. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. going through some sort of PR crisis. A lot of love for that joke on Letterboxd. <laughs> a lot of Letterboxd, the people like it. The people love it, dude. Nice. A lot of reviews. Like, I would like just for the joke about the sweatpants. Like, I'm giving, oh, wow. I'm so that this movie like four stars. People liked it a lot. People liked it a lot, dude. Um, uh this like scientist guy uh who's like non-problematic <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah um uh, dave bautista and his duke cody who is like the men's rights influencer who like like streamer yeah and i think we're supposed to think he's like a little bit anti-vax or something there are a couple moments yeah. where he just like shakes people's hand before they do the whole oh is it okay to like approach you thing and yes. it's like so one of my notes was like i think in order to portray this character you have to have him be like super problematic totally. and like anti-vax but i don't think also ryan johnson even wants to like write that character i really. absolutely agree that he, they sh- he should have gone way harder on the anti they should have ramped it up a bit more yeah uh, i also wrote the note this is definitely somebody i would get in my youtube algorithm because i feel like okay the reasonable jumping off point is like you watch a few like more plates more dates videos and then you start to get the whole extended universe of like fitness health things turn weirdly political yeah and then and suddenly you're a fascist <laughs> yeah eventually the the end line is always alex jones <laughs> you always, yeah the end of the algorithm is always yeah. alex jones have you seen all them? roads lead to alex jones <laughs> they truly do all drains <laughs> lead to the ocean or whatever um have you seen the meme where it'll be sewers. like <laughs> yeah where it'll be like an iceberg and then it'll be like the normal level of something at the top and then like progressively more obscure and niche levels of yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I've gone very deep in the algorithm. I've gone to the sewers for sure. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, I, f- I feel like it is believable that like Duke Cody is somebody you would stumble across on YouTube or whatever. I just feel like they needed to make him a little bit more radicalized, perhaps, for the sake of the script. Absolutely. Um, Dave Bautista, like, you would not mistake him for anybody else. Like, yeah. he's huge and, like, super distinctive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in the script, sorry to interject, I was curious, like, oh, how do they describe him? The only physical descriptors in the script are in his 40s, comma, fit. <laughs> They really went with that. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, well. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was funny that there was nothing like more specific. Yeah. So I wonder like who else would have been considered for this character. Right. Like I wonder who else might have auditioned or like been in their heads as like a good. Uh, good meathead. Good Duke Cody. Yeah. Would have been a good meathead. That's a great question. Yeah. Because I feel like he really did well with the character. Killed it. Yeah. 
Um, he has a girl- and then he got killed. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, he has a girlfriend in the film who's like named Whiskey. Dude, when I saw her, I was like, "Yo, glass onion." More like ass onion, man. More like that onion booty. <laughs> you need to put this on Letterbox, man. The people, the people can really learn from this review. Man, she, yeah, she's a she's a smoke show. She got that onion. Man. Yeah, honestly, I feel like the reason. So, like, uh, full disclosure, I'm a bit of a Benoit Blanc myself. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm what gonna... gay? <laughs> Fuck up, dude. I'm a bit of a. I'm a, I'm a Duke Cody, dude. I, I align myself more with Duke yeah, Cody. Okay? Always strapped. Yeah. <laughs> always be strapped. A, B, S. S. Um, I, uh, when, I was, when I watched Knives Out, I solved the mystery. Yes, I, I was going to say, because there is, we'll talk about the scene where uh, Ed Norton is passing a drink like, you can catch it super quick that he passes the drink to Duke Cody. Right. Yeah. We'll talk about the mystery yeah, yeah. itself. So, but uh, what the first knives out, I mean, I solved the mystery. Oh, of the first knives oh out. sorry. I misunderstood. Um, but yeah. this mystery I didn't solve. And I was thinking about why didn't I solve this, man? Like, am I, am I just going soft, you know? <laughs> um, but I realized, dude, it's because of that onion. <laughs> you were so distracted. I was so distracted by the onion. It, it was a deadly illusion. You couldn't take your eyes off it. And I think it was a purposeful cast, dude. He cast the hottest <laughs> chick just to distract the viewer from, from fucking right. catching, from solving the mystery. Right. Because the answer truly was, like, he left clues. Uh, Ryan Johnson leaves clues throughout the film so that yeah. you can solve the mystery. Like um and i caught a few of the clues like i felt smart like he makes you feel really smart as a viewer i, I feel like it's fair the way the clues are presented and it's not like Im- as you were saying impossible that a sharp-eyed viewer could catch everything totally and i love that about yeah. uh, mystery film so in, in general we're, we're gonna take a break here in a minute but yeah um just to set this up a little bit you know i think the whole genre of the the idea of the cozy mystery right you know, a, a genre that was essentially invented by Agatha Christie, right? Right, uh, right. Who, um, the idea that, uh, of having a cozy mystery <laughs> at a time where everybody's in their homes and mm. it's like the coziest time, I thought was really clever. Mm. You know, the, the idea of having it. So that's also why I was like, COVID, that's, that's, that's fucking perfect. It's like, everybody's at home so it's like the idea of the cozy mystery was is like the most relevant i feel like i I would argue being at home during covid wasn't cozy but go on (laughs) maybe there are like glimmers of coziness but overall i did not find it cozy i was also living in an apartment that was less than 300 square feet at the time so maybe it was too cozy (laughs) all right uh it was duke cozy Uh, (laughs) let's stop there cozy 19 let's take a break back so i wanted to respond to your comment about like the cozy mystery genre i gotta say when i started this movie i did not like it but it won me over by the end and i thought it was actually really fun like a cozy mystery is one of the plot types i seek out the least yeah like don't like cozy mysteries hate anything that involves time travel um yeah those are kind of my big ones where like i'm just instantly turned off and skeptical but even though this movie did take a while to kind of build up steam and like really kick into gear, I did think it was really fun by the end. And it's like, I really want to know what happens here. I'm like unravel everything. Yeah. 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 Um, so 
should we talk about like the plot itself a little bit more? So he invites all these people to his island. And, uh, and Benoit Edward. Blanc. Right. And Benoit <laughs> Blanc ends up there as well um, because somebody invites him. We don't know who, uh, but he gets an invitation, although he's not supposed to. So he invites all these, this group of people to a private island. I don't think we even talked about all the characters, but um, it's this hodgepodge of various people that are involved in his business. And so he's having a murder mystery party. Um, this is what he does every year. And uh, he's, you know, yeah, everybody's part of the mystery. And Benoit Blanc's here. And oops, his ex-girlfriend is here too, who used to have like a, um, uh, I guess, uh, what do you call it? She, she used to be a partner in, in the company with him. Right, but right. They had a falling out. Yes. Um, and she's played by Janelle Monet, who I... Man, I've I've tried to get into Janelle Monae music for so long, and I just can't do it. It's on, you know, it's one of those artists that on paper, it's like I should like this artist because right. I love like really like um, really well made pop music like a lot, um, and uh, really like clever and like well written pop pop songs like I love. But I, I've never I been able to get into. Can't name a single song of hers. Let's listen to one after the episode. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. She's but like, I, I knew she was a singer. I think yeah. I think she's LB, L, LGBTQ, actually. The um, B stands for Benoit Blanc. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. No, there's no. Okay. Uh, she's not part of the acronym, unfortunately. But oh, and the M stands for Monet. No, wait. There's no M. <laughs> there's, you're just inventing. <laughs> I'll see myself out. <laughs> I'll record the rest as a solo. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's, that's the setup, right? Yeah. Um, uh after they get invited uh in they have so there's this joke where benoit blanc basically like solves the so the murder mystery game gets solved by benoit blanc like almost immediately which is hilarious i was gonna say so that's when he kind of snaps into like sicko mode because up until that point he's been a little like playing clueless and asking all these questions and i'm thinking like okay when does he start being smart but then he instantly kicks into gear so basically as edward norton is presenting this game like before giving any of the context benoit blanc is like naming the murder weapon across the room and like the motive and who died and basically solves it all solves it all <laughs> so he ruins edward norton's like weekend that he planned yeah um also I, i've written down here evidence as to other evidence as to why benoit blanc is gay review the file first of all he lives with a dude <laughs> that's a pretty compelling piece of evidence um he uh, one of the outfits we see him in is a matching seersucker striped short sleeve shirt with like matching shorts the outfits are so far and a yellow neck scarf like, yeah he wears like all these cravats yeah cravat <laughs> it rocks um, so when one of the characters mentions that she owns um the company sweetie pants which is like her like sweatpants brand uh, that's like the problematic chick <laughs> who like doesn't understand that sweatshops aren't like right. you know, places where they make sweatpants. He goes, I own a pair of sweetie pants. Ah, another clue. Another you're clue. getting the uh, codes that Ryan Johnson is sending to the viewers. Dude, it was right in front of you the whole time. Glass <laughs> onion. Um, I, I was still thinking about whiskey, so I I kind of was in a fugue state for about half an hour. Whiskey is the the hot female character yeah, right? yeah. The, the onion the onion, the, onion. <laughs> the titular onion. <laughs> ass onion um uh he you know what yeah we'll we'll stop there with i think that's enough i think i've presented enough evidence there <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I didn't envision us getting super into the plot of this. Um, the movie employs flashback at about halfway through to show Benoit Blanc is not as clueless about this uh, murder island thing as we initially believed. And there's been a whole whole scheme involving a twin. and Twins! <laughs> um what oh i was gonna say edward norton's character as like the kind of intellectual frauds like lame guy who doesn't really have anything of his own and just like steals everything kind of made me think of his villain in the italian job yeah did you have those synapses connect yeah i I feel like he's played that kind of fraud where it's like somebody who who presents well but is kind of just like a shell and they're getting all their ideas from from other people <laughs> totally yeah absolutely um yeah so we find out at the end he was he's this fraud and really his ex-girlfriend was the one who like had all the the idea for the company and so she was sort of wrongfully um she was wrongfully uh ousted from yeah. the company well and, i was gonna... murdered by edward norton yes at a previous point in the movie yes and so this is actually the initial murder that happened yes and then the second murder is Dave Batista's character dying as they're all doing like a toast with drinks. And uh, well, I, I'll just give it away. Later, we find out ultimately that Edward Norton was killing him to cover up killing his ex that he stole all the stuff from. Right. Yeah. And uh, so the the ex-girlfriend that he kills, her twin sister, mm-hmm. um, comes to her, to the island in her place to like help Benoit Blanc solve this mystery. Yeah. And at the end, of course, Benoit Blanc does, in fact, solve the mystery. And she ends up, um, uh, basically, her sort of revenge is like just to destroy, like to fuck up his whole spot. So I should add, one of the main things, they really harp on the point that uh, Ed Norton's character has somehow leased the Mona, the actual Mona Lisa from the museum. What was the explanation for that? Like they were not making money because of COVID. So they let him like lease it for this astronomical sum of money. So he has the legitimate Mona Lisa that's protected in this like high security case. But in the end of the movie, it ultimately gets destroyed with the rest of his entire home. So the idea is that the twin got revenge for her sister's death by basically financially ruining this uh, tech guy. To which I would argue, maybe destroying the Mona Lisa is kind of like a net negative for humanity. <laughs> Dude, what if she just cracked open a can of Campbell's tomato soup and dumped it on her? <laughs> She's like, this is for the climate. She yeah. glues herself to it. And then she blows up the entire island, which I'm sure is really good for the ozone. <laughs> also, I was going to say, I saw a Zillow listing for that island. $450 million no. is the asking price. Whoa. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> One day. <laughs> One day. Once, once our ad money starts really rolling in, we'll get a, an island compound to do this. Hot island. <laughs> the Luxembourg listener is, is invited. <laughs> We're making a... Uh, what's the word a sovereign state or whatever where it's like <laughs> not governed by any external rules or like the vatican yeah <laughs> you can be our pope <laughs> but yeah i mean that's like i guess we gave a very crude summary of the plot but we're not going to walk through this whole thing beat by beat because there are many misdirects and uh 
yeah yeah it's like super well edited there's a time jump where like um it sort of goes back in time and it uh, it, it yeah it, anyway um there's a bit of a uh, playing around with with time in the script and stuff but um i what i was gonna say is that the theme of this movie i think is i think it's just it's a classic, you know what? It's a classic snobs versus slobs romp. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just come off with his genre? Have you been sitting on that this whole time? Um, I th- it's a movie. It's an. It's just an anti-rich movie, I think. And right. In a very like heavy-handed, simple way. Yes. Because but- I don't think this movie is really suggesting like, oh, we can change things systemically. It's like, what if just, you made a rich person bankrupt? Yeah, it's just like fuck them. <laughs> yeah, just, which fuck I kind of love. It's yeah, just fuck them for no reason. I don't know. Just fuck them. <laughs> like, and here's why I kind of like the play of COVID. So, um, uh, I think the you know during COVID, it was like this time when hear me out. It was this time when you know like uh, it was basically this top down sort of messaging of like you know, you guys, you know, you small business owners have to like close your small businesses. Mm. Um, and, you know, you guys have to wear the masks. You guys, you know, it's your responsibility to like stop this thing while like, you know, uh, governors and politicians gallivanted about in private jets and like really it didn't affect them, at, you know. Right. All. People in the As higher much. strata of society perhaps didn't have to abide by the same rules and restrictions that everybody else exactly. uh, had to. And I don't, it, to be honest, I don't know if this is the commentary Ryan Johnson is going for because he strikes me as just a very, I, I think this is more so just a very straightforward fuck rich people. <laughs> I think it is too. But uh, what I'm reading into it is like, I, I think it, I feel like it was almost a commentary on that idea that during COVID is this time that increased inequality. And it's like, mm. um, uh, and, uh, you know, even in this movie, it's like um, the rich people in this movie, they're really just in it for the money. And it's like on their little private island, they don't have to wear a fucking mask. There's no COVID restrictions. They don't give a fuck, right? Like they can do anything they want. It literally is in some ways their own little private state. I I was going to say, so I have one of the first pages of the screenplay here, and there's a little part I wanted to read to you. Let's do it. <laughs> Related to what you just said. We pull back from the television through a room filled with a dizzying array of interesting people. Models, musicians, authors, designers, circus performers, all reclining on couches or grouped on the floor, smoking and doing drum circles, and partying like it isn't 2 p.m. on a weekday during a pandemic. First of all, absolutely buck wild to write that in a script. Secondly, that could be another Drake title, 2 p.m. on a weekday during a pandemic. Because <laughs> we were talking about like 4 p.m. in Naples last time, I think. Hell yeah. <laughs> we're going to come up with a new Drake song for every every episode. Yeah, it sounds like my New Year's, that description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're still in an ongoing pandemic, George. How could you gather so irresponsibly? We need to flatten the curve. One more week. <laughs> um, that's a great, yeah, that's a great line of, uh, <laughs> script but um yeah i don't know i I think that was because so one part of this uh edward norton character is that he goes you know we're the disruptors right um we're um you know we're you know we don't care what people think of us right yeah we're just gonna say what the people uh really want to hear right even though they won't admit it like they're these sort of um I don't know, kind of like the Elon Musk of today, right? Right. Elon, like, is... is like an annoying tryhard, basically. Edward Norton's character is very annoying in this. Like, like sort of right-leaning, almost, where it's like, you're really... 
you're just pissing left leftist people yeah, off. Yeah, you're owning the libs. Yeah, you're, own, you're poning the libs <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Like, so they have that kind of energy, right? Right. And they yeah. call themselves the disruptors. Like, we're disrupting yeah. society. And I, and uh, what I kept thinking of, it's like, yeah, they they're happy to disrupt things until they're the ones that get disrupted, right? And, yeah <laughs> right and at the end that's the whole ending is like they their shit gets disrupted and what do you do um so i, I almost think bringing covid into the conversation in this movie was like relevant for for those reasons and maybe okay. i'm reading too much into it you know but no i mean i appreciate that viewpoint because like i just think covid could have been completely stripped out of this movie and all the commentary would have been the same the whole plot could have been told the same way I just think, you know, Ryan Johnson wrote this in 2020. I think he just needs to let that go. <laughs> I think he needs to stop playing Among Us. I think he needs to get over the masks. Um, but no, I do appreciate your view. And I think, you know, I think from Letterboxd, it seems like a lot of people did respond positively to the movie, even though you can also acknowledge, like, it's pretty heavy-handed and, like, yeah, you know, but is. you can also appreciate what it is. And, like, I, I really enjoyed seeing Daniel Craig have a lot of fun in a role. And reprise a role post Bond, yeah. Because um, obviously that's the franchise he was attached to and known for yeah. um, for quite some time. Whereas now he's getting to do something t- totally different. Yeah. Um, I did find the accent like distractingly strong at first. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think about the accent? Because I think he could have dialed it back like twenty percent. <laughs> I man, everything about this movie was so over the top True. and, and unnuanced that yeah. it just fit. Yeah, it, it's a choice. He sounds like Foghorn Leghorn, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. But no, it, I, I mean, I'm a big Daniel Craig fan, and just seeing him do something kind of different and uh, just very obviously have fun with a role. It's you end up having fun as the viewer. It's kind of infectious. Totally. Totally. The actors in this movie were so red, they all looked so burnt <laughs> i was gonna say dave batista i feel like uh especially burnt yeah i'm not sure where they filmed did you say south africa <laughs> south africa uh no in greece oh, somewhere it was a greek greece. island oh, yeah okay, okay so it was relatively on location yeah i believe so oh speaking of i think i mentioned to you that netflix is spending 900 million dollars to open a film studio in new jersey with like a bunch of sound stages so maybe uh, future Kissing Booth knockoffs will have a little Jersey flavor to oh, them. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I need that Jersey steak on my Kissing Booths. But yeah, maybe it is cheaper. Well, obviously it's cheaper to do things domestically as opposed to traveling to go to location. Yeah, but I think also as an actor, like you always want to go to location. If it's like in Greece or like Hawaii or something. Dude, that like might that. be annoying to travel <laughs> so far, you know? Well, I guess. Depends if you're like, I don't know, trying to raise a young kid or maybe get away from a young kid. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Actors have really hard lives, you know? Or if you're Benoit Blanc type guy, you're just trying to fuck. You're just trying to wear matching <laughs> tops and bottoms and, and neck well, scarves. Well, I, I showed you kids. the picture of myself before we started where I am kind of inadvertently dressed like Benoit Blanc where I'm wearing like a seersucker shirt and seersucker shorts and I'm on a boat. <laughs> So little did I know I was Benoit Blanc. <laughs> I was also not good at playing Among Us, like the two times I played it. Oh, yeah. So have have you played? Yeah, I played. I'm not bad because people don't see it coming with me. Because like, mm. I'm usually like lay everything out on the table type of guy. Right. Uh, but like the glass, like a glass onion, like, you know, 
I have many layers, but the answer is, you know, is visible, right? Right there. <laughs> right. It's right there in front of you. Um, right. So that's the whole idea of this movie, by the way. So that's the whole concept. This, this layer, the glass onion is this and, layered thing, but then you can see the center. So it's And like, the home can, physically has this kind of domed glass onion component to it that the yeah. characters visit at various points. Right. But I, yeah, I'm a bit of a glass onion myself because, uh, yeah, people think I'm, I got all my cards on the table. <laughs> Ogres are like onions. <laughs> we have layers. <laughs> um. But uh, Audina Mike Myers cameo in this movie would have been pretty sweet. <laughs> well, we'll have to wait for Knives Out 3, which it sounds like is definitely going to be happening. And I don't think there's really any information about it out there yet. Uh-huh. But uh, maybe you'll have some super cringe gaming moments, too. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll have some Fortnite references. That'd be cool. Perhaps. Dude, what if it had a Rocket League reference? Yo. <laughs> Speaking of cards, um, I read an article in this, about this movie where it's like there's a continuity error with the car, with the Porsche, oh. the baby blue Porsche. It, and I noticed it too. It's like there's one scene where it's like it's got a spoiler and, and then in the next scene it doesn't oh, wow. have a spoiler. Yeah. Dude, I hate it when such visible continuity errors are made. Like I didn't pick up on that one. Yeah, yeah. Because well, I think I, I was like after I engrossed it, but... enough in the story at that point that I wasn't trying to nitpick. Yeah, you were staring at fucking that chick, dude. The onion. Whiskey. That's, yeah. That's, that was, what? that's the trick, dude. In every mystery movie, you just have that, you gotta have that onion booty and uh, nobody's ever gonna freaking Who's that mystery. actress? Madeline a... Klein. Yeah. Um... Don't Mr. Skin her. Don't oh, do it. Oh, actually, no, I'm not Mr. Skinning. She was actually in a movie that I'm going to recommend later on this podcast that I just watched. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I'm not mi- I swear to God. I'll dude, show you I the screen. God, show me the fucking screen. Okay. I'm in All Google, right. folks. All right. I'm not on Mr. Skin. Right. I'll take that off pod. <laughs> um, yeah, did you have any closing comments on the on the movie? No, man. I, I think we've covered everything. If you're a dad, it's a good movie to fall asleep to. <laughs> <laughs> That's our takeaway. In a chair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I would definitely rate this movie like a chill. Like, it's worthwhile watching. Again, don't expect like it to transform your life or be the best mystery you've ever seen. But I would say it's very watchable. And if you're willing to kind of let it pick up some momentum in the first 20, 30 minutes. Um, you'll get swept along and you'll enjoy the ride. You'll get swept away. Yeah, this movie is definitely a chill, a cozy, big cozy chill for me. Yeah, because um, everything is basically at one location aside from yeah. a couple flashbacks. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, you're spending time on the island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The island lifestyle. <laughs> you're on island time. <laughs> All right, perfect. So we should talk about highbrow shit. So anything else we've been consuming mm. other than hopefully NOs. <laughs> hopefully we've exposed ourselves to other things. <laughs> um, yeah, I've exposed myself recently. <laughs> Period. <laughs> to the people, to the apartment across the street from me. <laughs> They're looking in like the voyeurs. Shouts out to the voyeurs. I am known for walking around like either naked or just in my underwear with like the blinds wide open, like the lights on in my apartment. So I was going to say the way your apartment is set up though, like nobody else can really see in. Uh, I can definitely see in across the way. Oh, okay. Cause like where we're sitting right now, like if I were to walk around naked here, like people could 
oh, in theory see no, in my, quite easily. No, my angle is like it's like right. It's right there. It's, oh, okay. it's directly parallel. The other building is like directly parallel. I like can't. I'm really trying to envision it in my mind. Yeah, yeah. The the other building's like literally across. Okay. Right across. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I can get some good voyeur shit going in my place. If I you really could do to. like, you know, when you send Morse code with a flashlight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could do that to people in the building. I could call for help for sure. If uh, Amanda's like, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you call that? If she's telling you you need to get your own Netflix and Spotify. Oh, I was going <laughs> to I was gonna say her autoerotic asphyxiation uh, goes a little bit too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hopefully nobody david carradine's themselves shouts out to dave carradine r.i.p yeah i'll just send bill him, and kill bill I'll send a morse code to the other building across <laughs> the way like, help me uh you were saying you saw avatar though and you, you had a story about that I yeah think. oh yeah i saw avatar so uh i saw avatar good film um, are they blue enough my <laughs> i haven't seen it yet <laughs> they're, they're they're blue uh, okay blue lives matter uh, yeah <laughs> Um, <laughs> just kidding. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Sniff that audio. <laughs> um, uh, my letterbox review is that the writing and the uh, acting is like basically level video game cutscene level. Oh yeah, terrible, I remember your review. <laughs> but like the graphics are like PS5 level. But like graphics. the spectacle, basically the movie, is yeah. such that you can kind of forgive those faults. They're on par with like the PS5 engine, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but like, the cutscenes are like ps1 <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah no yeah uh really like beautiful movie for sure like i'm glad i watched it um it's on it's on my watch list for sure yeah yeah yeah. i uh i haven't watched that bullshit you were recommending the other week babylon yet yeah, but yeah. that's still on my list because i feel like it's just gonna make me so mad <laughs> but I, you know i'll give it a shot like honestly i gave knives out a shot and i was pleasantly surprised there you go at how much i enjoyed it um but uh as i was watching it with my brothers and uh it was like late night um it was like me and my three brothers we were uh about to go into the theater we decided to get some small sushi before the mall closed <laughs> always like, a good choice end of day end of work day mall sushi it's been simmering there for a while oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not um, many people know it but the best mall sushi is right before they're about to throw it out yes dude when it's like on 50 percent discount <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah. so we got some mall sushi and we're like where do we eat it and it's like uh we just went to like a bench that was like in the middle of the mall <laughs> and uh, my brother sat on the bench and i was and I, I just crouched down in front of the bench in like a slob squat i was gonna say a slob squat yeah, yeah. and i was just in these big gray like kanye fucking sweatpants <laughs> and like a gray matching sweatshirt and i was just eating this like 50 percent off like sushi um <laughs> uh, in the middle of the mall and i was like dude if Oh, yeah, I guess I'm going to reveal my career here. But uh, if one of my students sees me eating, doing this... You would lose all credibility. Yeah. <laughs> they Crouched lose, over like an animal. They would lose all respect for me, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. But you weren't discovered. I was not discovered. Good, good. I was not discovered. But yeah, yeah the, imagine that story circulating around school. Like I saw Mr. Name Redacted, like... You won't believe it. He was on the floor eating discounted sushi. <laughs> like, we should be nicer to this guy in class. He's truly on the edge of a complete breakdown. He has a podcast. Have you seen his notebook? It's troubling. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I watched Avatar. That's about it. Um, I haven't really seen too much good shit or listened to any good shit. So I, don't, I, I, got, I got nothing, man. 
Okay, I, I was going to say, I've done some good stuff in the past week. So I want to recommend a movie which has uh, Madeline Klein, Whiskey, who we were just discussing, mm. as one of the supporting characters. It's called The Giant. It's from 2019, very much influenced by like Malick and Lynch. And it's this very dark and ominous and kind of fragmented story where you're not quite sure what's ever going on. It's kind of a movie you'll either love or half an hour in, you'll be like, this is bullshit. I can't even watch this. Like, this is barely a movie. I was in the I Love It camp. And it's basically about this. Um, it's a debut movie. I forget the director's name. But it's about this teenage girl the last summer before she and her friends go off to college. There are murders happening in a small town. And a perhaps troubled ex-boyfriend from her past has resurfaced. That sounds so good. And yeah, I, I think you would like it a lot. I recommended it to a couple of people. But yeah, very dreamlike, very kind of, I think some of the dialogue is pretty overwrought and could have used a bit of a rewrite considering these are like teenage characters delivering the lines, but it just looks at a coming of age story in such an interesting way. And like, visually, it's so strong. That sounds really good. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm definitely going to watch this. Also, I'm really inspired by the 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. So usually that's like my sweet spot for like movies nice. that I love. That's um, where you live in that mid-50s. <laughs> that's where I exist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then for listening, um, well, the past few years, I've been really into the singer Emma Ruth Rundle, um, who I'm going to see in Vancouver in March. I'm super excited about that show. And it's like, can we be a pretty small show, I think. But I've been getting into some of her music before she was a solo artist. So I'm listening to a band called Marriages, which she was a singer in. And they did this live set on, I think the channel is called Audio Tree. You can look it up. Um, I know I know that channel. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like this incredible performance. So I've been listening to those live songs. Uh, that's Emma Ruth Rundle with the band Marriages. And then lastly, I've been reading the new Cormac McCarthy book, The Passenger. It is some pretty wild stuff. <laughs> I was going to say, if you give me a second, I can grab the book jacket and I want to read you the plot summary yes. and then tell me how accessible you think this book okay, is. Perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely not the best Cormac I've ever read, but okay. like does not lack big swings. All right. Past Christian, Mississippi, 1980. It is three in the morning when Bobby Western zips up the jacket of his wetsuit and plunges from a Coast Guard tender into darkness. His dive light illuminates the sunken jet, nine bodies still buckled in their seats, hair floating, eyes devoid of speculation. <laughs> Missing from the crash site are the pilot's flight bag, the plane's black box, and the 10th passenger. But how? A collateral witness to machinations that can only bring him harm, Western is shadowed in body and spirit, by men with badges, by the ghost of his father, an inventor of the bomb that melted glass and flesh in Hiroshima, <laughs> and by his sister, the love and ruin of his soul. <laughs> Traversing the American South from the garrulous bar rooms of New Orleans to an abandoned oil rig off the Florida coast, The Passenger is a breathtaking novel of morality and science, the legacy of sin, and the madness of human consciousness. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, I think Garth needs to give him some notes. <laughs> yeah, Garth needs to uh, tell him to keep it a bit more concise. Yeah, so it's a fucking crazy book. I'm only like... I don't know, 60 pages in. That sounds like uh, to uh, uh, Thomas Pynchon level, like, insane. Yeah, it's... So we're having flashbacks with the sister who has since committed suicide, I guess, where she's, like, hallucinating... I think hallucinating these different, like, figures who are speaking to her. And then the, the main character was...
sorry, folks. Technical difficulty. <laughs> We're back. As I was explaining, though, like the sisters having these hallucinations. The main character was apparently in love with his sister when she was alive, and there might have been incest. Uh, he goes to his dive site. Now he's like part of this conspiracy, and shadowy things have happened. It's. I'm very curious to find out what happens. That actually sounds really good. That sounds like a book. If I was, that sounds like the most. Like, I know I probably shouldn't read this as my first Cormac McCarthy book. Well, I've read The Road, but... Okay, yeah, um, yeah. I probably shouldn't read this as, like, my second even Cormac McCarthy book, but that sounds so fucking interesting. I can lend it to you once I'm done. Also, it's unfortunate how much the cover sucks. Like, it's a really bad book jacket. It looks like a Christian book. Where I think it really does the book a disservice to have a jacket that looks this lame, but... You know, it, it is the contents of the book that ultimately matter. I just feel like this is poor marketing. It literally looks like a book that would be like how to get closer to God or something. Or like the first design you would find in Canva and be like, good enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't feel like a professional actually put time and consideration no, into this. No. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely have my hands full with the new the new Cormac uh, over the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, everything is very serious in Cormac's world. Sure. And this book, like, probably has more humor, I would say, so far than some of his other books. But, like, it's still very serious. <laughs> Where do you think he was on Jan 6? I think, hasn't he been spending the last decade, like, in Texas hanging out with, like, scientists or something? Okay, that's the answer I expected. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> I don't know. I And, I mean, Cormac speaks to the media so rarely, I feel like he's not very political oh okay it's kind of like us you know just just apolitical yes yeah yeah just focus on the art (laughs) yeah so that's yeah that's been my my media diet as of late nice oh i also want to bring up one last thing and then we'll end the pod um so i recommended the instagram account become invincible on the first episode of this and they posted something today with jacob alordi so i just wanted to show this to you can you read the text that it says here? All right. The art of mystery. Don't post so much on social media. This is like, <laughs> it's framed like a poem. So I think I would have to just read it like a poem. Yeah. Like <laughs> the way that it's uh, formatted. Don't post so much on social media. Don't share everything about your life to your followers. Keep people wondering. Don't always be quick yes. to see someone's stories on social media. <laughs> Sometimes don't even watch their stories. <laughs> And if you do wait until right before the 24 hours is over. Oh, oh, sorry. And if you do, wait. Basically saying if you watch someone's story, do it right before it disappears forever. Yeah. (laughs) Which is like, who cares? That's psychotic. This makes people always wondering about what you're up to. I love how ESL this is. Yeah. This makes people always wondering. (laughs) And as if this wasn't enough text, the caption is insane. Look at how many paragraphs there are. Oh, wow. Uh... You will never... So the caption is talking about like red pill, like pickup artist, seduction type yes. stuff. You will never, capital N, have her in your bed until you learn how to read her like a book. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, they will subtly tell you what they want and yet you miss these signs. Become Invincible is attacking us. This is why you are sexless. This is why you wait weeks or perhaps even months to get laid. This is why girls tell you they don't want to have sex with you whilst they've done so with others instead it's all because you can't pick up on her signs of interest and her subtle cues 
this is why you spend most of your time alone in a den with the curtain closed. <laughs> this is why you, uh, yeah, if you can't pick up that she's watching your Instagram story minutes before it expires, then you're just lost. This is why. <laughs> I hope this, I hope this podcast makes people always wondering. Oh, and then we have some hashtags at the bottom. Hashtag mindset, hashtag Andrew Tate, hashtag charisma, hashtag dark psychology, hashtag psychology tricks, hashtag 48 laws of power. <laughs> Let's go. And that will do it, folks. This has been episode four of season one of How Original Podcast. Uh, you can follow us at How Original Podcast on IG. You can send anything you like. I mean, truly anything you your heart desires to howoriginalpod at gmail.com. And as I mentioned before, our next episode is going to be about Triple Frontiers, a movie with not one, not two, but three whole frontiers. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, I was going to say, I watched this next movie years ago and I do remember it being pretty good okay. um, and you haven't seen it. So I'm, I'm, I'm keen to get your take. It's an action movie, right? It is. Okay, I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> I don't watch nearly enough action movies. Just like you don't watch enough cozy movies. No, so. I was going to say, I feel like you never watched action movies no, as a young boy. I did not. Yeah. Everybody was like, James Bond is pretty cool. And you're like, Shakespeare in Love is actually where it's at. <laughs> is that accurate? Is that like resonating? <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, basically. Well, I'm, I'm excited for you to watch an action movie. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. So, good night, folks. Good night. Oh.